get it, you know I be on the way. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Wi Wide. Wide World of Sports. Yep. <laughs> Ride the Rebellion Podcast. I'm Drew. We're on camera yet again. We've got technology now. We've made it better. We're like the six million dollar men. I'm Drew, and with me as always is the king of the South Alabama turndown, the former reigning defending champion of the rebellion. Now we have to give that honor to Bug. And he's the CEO and chief marketing officer and janitor of Dale Boyd Sports Management, Dale Boyd. Custodian, if you want to be a dick Custodian. about it. <laughs> what is a turndown? <laughs> For what? Jeez. We were just we, <laughs> explain this to me. I hear it all the time, and uh, I've ridden mountain bikes a little bit. What's a turndown? It's this little thing I do. I mean, I what just self-proclaimed it. it. <laughs> this is, I just turn the handlebars a little bit, and the bike goes with it. Okay. It's, it is what it is. It's, now it's just I'm like just a curious. now it's like a nervous tick. This is my new favorite <laughs> opening in the history of all shows. Now it's just a tick. You don't even know what it is, do you? No, I don't. I just made it up. But That's it, why he's the South Alabama turn. I get like called out all the time. Yeah, it's the South Alabama turn down. Or a pancake? Okay. Yeah, oh. it's the South Alabama turn down, not the world turn down. The South Alabama turn down because ah. <laughs> we don't have jumps big enough to actually do tricks off of. So okay. it's the one trick. That's right. Oh. I'm a one trick pony. Right, Casey? I want to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll introduce our, our brilliant, uh, uh, I don't want to say interviewee, but uh, he's kind of a host now, so let's just go with it. So um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a co ho, co ho, co ho. He's wheel. a ho, co ho host. host. Um, uh, first, we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors, of course. Uh, we are not drinking Lucky Shot coffee, and we are not sponsored by Paps Blue Ribbon. But if this were coffee, it would be Lucky Shot coffee. And there's an espresso machine. Right there. And I'm pretty sure that they don't yet have Lucky Shot Coffee, but one day they will. Right there. We're calling them out. Well, That's the downside of video. Easy fix. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get them some we Lucky the, Shot Coffee. We know the people. We know the peeps. Anyway, we want to give a shout out to Lucky Shot Coffee as always. Shoot your shot. There's actually a tagline we learned at Dale Boyd's Sports Management's birthday party. Do you remember it? And we don't know. <laughs> we are so sorry, Shannon. Uh, we have failed you so many times. I made a shirt, too. She even called me out. Yeah, She's yeah. like, you made me a shirt that says the, the tagline. I completely forget. We are terrible. Um, we also want to give a shout out to Dirt Coaster Academy. Yet again, uh, I had my 44th birthday, and I decided to take the hardest line at the Reb, and that included a 10-foot drop plus drop, whatever it is. And so being able to send that with confidence, that felt made me feel pretty good. I mean, pretty good. Joseph, yeah. that's no problem for guys like you, but for me, it may feel pretty good. Actually, I don't ever do that. You don't do 10 footers? No. No, I. You take the B lines? I'm a B line guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to open the show with that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyway, it was it's, uh, shout out to them and in appreciation for all that they've done. And, um, and then I'm going to give Nina a special shout out because she listens to this show. She does, yeah. If you don't follow her on Strava, you can listen along with her, mm -hmm. not creepily like we normally do by sitting outside of her window. You can actually <laughs> now do it listening uh, in conjunction. That's right. She, she'll give you a little, her synopsis, her, yeah, her cliff it. notes or her opinion of the show, she'll which is a brilliant down. opinion usually. Yeah, it's always good for us. I mean, she doesn't give her real opinion because I'm yeah. sure it wouldn't be that good. No, it's going to get confusing because we are in uh, another shop, but we're going to give a shout out to Aaron uh, and the gang over at Run and Try. And uh, didn't you guys used to have a try in your name? We did. 
We can talk about that later. We'll get to it. Yeah. Just for small, small, yeah, yeah. small amounts. Uh, and I, I just, I didn't want to say that. Pros, you know, yeah. like run and try. Uh, again, we don't have a contest winner yet. Did he extend no, that? I guess he's he's been moving, so he's kind of he's in the wind. Yeah. So if you haven't gone over there, you can actually get a free pair of shoes. Yeah. Well, um, you have to be all injured. <laughs> All you have to do is walk in and say, <laughs> so, yeah. Rebellion said I get a free pair of if shoes. If you walk in uh, wrapped up like a Chipotle burrito in all foil and scream, Ride the Rebellion, he'll give you a free pair of shoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I don't know that that's true, but if you do, <laughs> make sure it's on video. You have a chance. You have the best chance of getting <laughs> yeah, a free pair of shoes if you wrap yourself chance. up like a Chipotle burrito and go in there and scream, Ride the Rebellion. I don't even know where that came from. Yeah, well, I'm going with it now. Sounds awesome. Dear Aaron, we are sorry. And this nah. is how you lose sponsors before you even really lock them in. Wow. Well. Uh, lastly, they, they're our, sponsoring us. Like they're already lost, right? Oh, I've got this like super cinematic thing going on. Look at that! Business. It's the sun. I'm trying to move out. Hello. It's super cinematic. I saw the sun. I can it that opened shade. up my eyes. We may have to eventually, but right now I'm like noir. Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't Side watch Lyle, this, I could. yeah. If you're not watching it, <laughs> well, he's actually in the it. shadows because he can't see the picture like we. Yeah, can. But his like looks all proper. And yeah, his does. Yeah, his we made him look professional. Mm. Like we're all just moody. I'm gonna fake this one too. <laughs> You'll be fine. Uh, and then uh, finally, Clean Eats. Shout out to Uncle Bobby over there. Go see Uncle Bobby at Clean Eats. You can also order their stuff online, and they'll ship it to your house if you want to do like a meal plan, uh, keto, low carb, or any of that stuff. They they have all those kind of things in place. Um, they don't have Allen's Mediterranean beans. I mean Mediterranean beans. Who's Allen? I'm sorry. They don't have the soft members beans. <laughs> That sounds even worse. <laughs> All I think about is Franks and Beans, that whole thing from... Yeah, that doesn't work. I see, I see, I see. Also, I if can't. you wrap yourself in foil like a Chipotle burrito... <laughs> no, just joking. You will get a tray of Allen's, of Soft Members Beans? I don't know. Maybe that's not clean recipe. But it does have to be expired. The can, yeah, has, the to can has to be 27 years old, open with a Vietnam hatchet. Uh, chopped. 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 Open with a Vietnam era hatchet. There might be some ear flakes in it. Everything's fine. <sighs> Um, anyway, shout out to Clean Eats. <laughs> I mean, now that we just disgusting food. No, they're great food. We just went disgusting, and then the yeah. truth is, they're good food. That's right. So if you haven't been to Clean Eats, try them. Give them a shot. It's good stuff. That's how shitty we are to our sponsors because they love us. Anyway, it's going to save you a lot of time because you're going to have less sponsors next time. <laughs> yeah. We we keep doing this, and they, they like two minutes an episode. Yeah, I mean, they haven't blackballed us yet. Efficient. They haven't. You know what happens? People go anyway because they're like, what is this catastrophe these two idiots are talking about? And they show up. Mm-hmm. So uh, while you're here, would, have you considered joining Samba and would like <laughs> to be a sponsor? I've never heard about it. Oh, okay. Actually, I think that they are a corporate sponsor. They are. I know. I'm just ribbing. Um, all right. So I like to see what the – we've always had this tradition of, of making uh, whoever's going to be the other speaker in this foray of insanity – I'd like for you to introduce yourself, and I'm going to count you in with like a little camera clip. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Can you shoot down the barrel for me? Three, two. Is it, is it the hole right there? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that one. And go All for right. it. Yeah. Um, my name's Joseph Bolton, and I ride mountain bikes and <laughs> normal bikes and own a bike shop. Perfect. That's all we needed. That's a yeah. scent. That's perfect. That was a good tee up. You're fine. I'll do it. That was yeah. good. So let's kind of start with the, let's get the, the elephant in the room in which we sit in out of the way. It's not me. Right, not it's not. Uh, but you you own a bike shop. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about what's it like owning a bike shop. Uh, just what what is that like? Uh it's like owning a big toy store. Um, you meet interesting people. Uh, talk bikes all day, and when you leave work, you talk bikes after work, and it never ends. And 
I mean, is it something that like for you, uh, for, is it something like the love is still there? Because sometimes I wonder if you own a shop and you work in it and you live in it for too long, does it, does it get to a point where the love goes away? Uh, no, the love's still there. Um, it has its moments, obviously dealing with the, you know, some people, but overall it's still there. I like to do it and well, well, I got no plans to stop. The irony in all of this is that he essentially gets paid for what I do for free. Like just talk about bikes all day. Yeah, that's fair. Ride yeah. bikes, yeah. work on bikes. Cash in. <laughs> and I, well, my Casey doesn't, she keeps me unemployed. I mean, you never know. There could be, <laughs> there could be trails. Call back. <laughs> you can monetize all this. It might change. Hey, we're, hey, hey. hey. it's not foreshadowing this week. <laughs> it's not foreshadowing. Does she even listen to this? Oh, no, she, I yeah. force her. It's uh, called postage. postage. I keep her postage. Yeah, I Make, never knew you had a podcast. You kept it a secret this whole time. <laughs> Everybody from east of the Mississippi knows about it by now. If anybody that's been around me definitely knows about it. So how did you go to getting a bike? Like what, what set you up to get a bike shop? Because I'm getting to a point which, but how did you get to owning a bike shop? What made you decide to open one? Uh, long story short, I had worked in bike shops growing up and uh it was probably the business I understood the most being right. in it and the only one that I really thought I would enjoy. Um, I got here through a series of mistakes <laughs> that turned out well at the end. So, yeah, I, uh, in a nutshell, just wound up with a bike shop and made the most of it. No, I get it. I, yeah. the, re- the reason I asked that is because is I think if – to getting to the point of what we really want to talk about, which is the fact that you're a very, and I don't mean, I mean all complimentary by this, but you're a very serious writer. You're a legitimately serious writer. And I say that because you take on big challenges. You've ridden a lot of places. I want to talk about all those things. So the love for mountain biking or, or cycling period as a, as a sport for you had to been, you must have, you live with it in a way that is, it's got to be almost DNA level is what I'm trying to get at. I don't know any other way. Um, I'm mostly a mountain biker, you know, being here in Fairhope, I'm surrounded in a world of asphalt. So I've adapted to riding road. And I'm glad you said fault. I thought you might've gone another way. <laughs> it's Fairhope. <laughs> <laughs> Just All the easy, rumors are easy, true. But, easy uh, joke. Easy joke. But yeah, I, uh, I love mountain biking more than road or gravel or anything else, but being in Fairhope, we're limited in our terrain and the available available property to do anything's pretty off the charts right now so what about the the triangle those kids build you ever gone over there yeah i've gone there they're doing an awesome job um it's scary looking it looks sketchy you ought to check it out i know we need to go over but we like scary and sketchy to an extent you're two miles from it right now um there's bigger plans for the city to go to the other side of the property and build trails is a long you know process as you know with municipalities but uh you know right i would say if you're a casual rider don't go to the kids trails right <laughs> but yeah, they're legit i mean they're they're yeah, they're, they're sending it and yeah. uh they're pretty they're pretty wild they're they got a lot of enthusiasm it's pretty cool to see but that's about all we got in fair hope right so when when you go back and kind of and you think about this, I mean, you've ridden a lot of places. Did you? Were you? You race a lot. 
Were you sponsored? I mean, where, where does that this drive to write all the, I mean, you've written a lot. I mean, there's, you guys can't see him, but there's like, I know some of those are yours. They're not all Kate's. Yeah. Um, start off like mountain biking, uh, progressed into racing mountain bikes and to train for mountain biking. I got into road bikes for the cardio and fitness and endurance. And cause you like spandex. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the snug feel. He likes the tight feel on my leg, and uh, so you fit in better in Fairhope. Yeah, I go two sizes too small, and uh, <laughs> the short. God bless, man. <laughs> um, got into that, and then really got deep into road racing for a few years, and uh, then opened a business, which you know, if you want to be good at racing road, you need a lot of spare time and no weekends, you know, working. So I got out of that and I'm mostly, most events I do, I'm not going there to try to really kill it or win or anything. I treat them as like high level guided tours. Oh, interesting. So like an example, I did a Pisgah stage race, not because I wanted to go race every dude in North Carolina, but (laughs) me and Katie were up in Asheville buying a camper a few years ago and I go to Pisgah National Forest, and, you know, there's no there's no good trail markings. There's no cell service. Like, you can't just go and ride Pisgah and see all the cool stuff. Right. And uh, I was like, man, if they just had, like, a multi-day stage race, they would mark the course for me. I can go see the best trails. Uh, I'll never get point. lost. And I don't want to do, like, a tour group where you got to wait around for all these people to catch up and sit there for 20 minutes for you start again. I just want to do it at my pace. Right. So these big mountain bike stage races, I really treat them like guided tours. So, I mean, I go hard as, as I can, but, you know, I'm not going to dedicate my life to perfect dieting and structured training and all that stuff. So that's kind of where I am now. Just, I like to go see cool stuff and this is a way to kind of get it done. It gives you a definite anchor to, to work off of. I mean, I think that's how do you approach then a lot of those trails and you're going to these races, you're going to these events, these guided guided tours, let's call them. But do you send a lot of that stuff blind? Are you going into it like no knowledge of what you're getting into? No idea what's around the next corner. Now, is that we talk about that's that a part lot. Of the fun. I yeah, love see, that. That's an addiction for it me. Is. We talk about it all the time. Like that's like the big takeaway. I love it. Bring me the. That going down that trail for the first time, you'll never get it back, ever. Yeah. Every time I see a sign that says, look before you leap, I'm like, that's yeah. just a suggestion, right? Yeah, oh, my God. Because I'm out. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what's around the next corner, and I'm not going back there most likely, so I'm going <laughs> to see it one and done. <laughs> yeah. um, it depends on where you ride, where you can really send around a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like a lot of Pisgahs, like, repurposed hiking trails where they just – people hike there for – decades and then they just put a bike sign on it and people ride bikes there now but like are they super narrow like on the edge of cliffs uh they're not really on the edge of cliffs there it's like a lot of wet root it's like a temperate rainforest there oh, okay so yeah. it's like off camera wet roots wait getting bushwhacked. i don't mean to interrupt you are you saying that they ride wet trails yes <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so um like a, like I went to uh I went to BC bike race in Canada 
and I've got a friend that actually lives in one of the towns that we started and finished in and me and my friend are having dinner with him one night and he's like man this is this is all pro-built trail like you can haul ass around every single corner here and there's got to be some crazy surprise like that's awesome they do it so that kind of and the crazy thing i think about up there is they don't get to ride all year right whether there's a ride window like four months five months uh, no it's 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 vancouver so you're pacific northwest so okay so not, they get a little bit yeah more. they're not getting like eight feet of snow right, you yeah, know yeah. it's i mean i i've only been there in july i assume it gets cold yeah no i assume I'm, that but i think it stays pretty cold though right like it gets cold enough you're not going to ride your mountain bike uh, no, I, I, I mean, Vancouver, the, they ride all year. Yeah, the things I've seen, they, they'll it's just ride. Just north of Seattle. They, if it does close, it's a small, small, small window, but it's actually not as much snow as it is like super cold days. My understanding, cold and wet. Yeah, it's like all cool green, loamy forest oh, and everything. God. It's I mean, that's I just, that perfect soil. It's we had a conversation about it because you've ridden so many places, like in the states. Because I want to talk about you've been out of the states too right mm-hmm. yeah in the states what is your what is your go-to what is the spot if you could go ride again right you send it you see it one time ago but what's the one you would go back to i keep going back to bentonville arkansas right um i like the trails they're i like the town it's it's pretty sweet I mean, it's just this never-ending network of really pro-built trails and it's like what a probably one of the coolest towns i've been to that's not like a big college town right yeah right if i had to kind of sum it up it's walmartville right that's tallahassee have, have you been, been to tallahassee yeah i like it like i liked the whole vibe of the city and the trails are really nice i've only been to tom brown park well that was all the way. i mean there's okay. a place called munson too that's kind of like flattish like i don't know we went like 14 15 mile an hour average there on trails which was it was fun if that's what you're into, but I was on a long travel bike, so it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, his, he took his zero bike, dude. Yeah, and it was painful, and it was just pride at that point. The chain snapper they do. Yeah, he just pushes it till it does. But that Tom Brown though, where the cool part was me was not like let's go to Tom Brown and let's ride. My the cool thing for us was was uh, we're staying at the Holiday Inn that was mountain bike friendly. Yeah. And we talked to the local dude, Nixon. Shout out, Nixon. I know you're listening because he loves us. But um, Nixon was like, hey, you guys, just jump on the road, go behind Coles, take the little homeless route. And, like, we rode all these yeah. urban trails to get there, and that was the fun for me. Like, I loved that. Call those ninja routes. Ninja routes? That's pretty sweet. People yeah. go ride road bikes with me, and I'll take them to all these little weird residential areas. Yeah. See, I'd I'd rather ride road bikes with somebody like you than like left to my own devices. I get so bored that I, th- I feel like if someone is a, a mountain biker at heart like yourself, eventually you're going to get bored, and then you're going to be like, "Listen, this is what we're about to do." And I don't imagine it's just a straight line for forty two miles. Is that accurate? Mm, Baldwin County, it is. I mean, there's some <laughs> ninety degree turns. But... <laughs> I mean, you're so excited about that ninety. I mean, how do you? I just he's I, just doing it for training, though. Yeah, I just. Because he wants to be able to, he wants to be able to survive those self-guided tours. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> All right. So Bentonville is the number one inside the United States. That's where you would say is the place you you keep going back to. Yeah. Okay. What about since you've done it, you've ridden outside the U.S. That's like a whole different process. Like, did you take your bike? Did you? What did you do? How did you? Yeah. Where did you go? All that kind of. So I always take my own bike. Um, I know rentals are usually a pretty good option if you're going to like a mecca, but. 
like you know if we go to central america you know i don't i don't want to deal with all the figuring things out and everything it's it's always best to be on your own bike if you're going to go on technical terrain you know you you know it you feel it it's, it's your bike so i've always flown with a bike um you know the travel cases now and everything it's not a big deal um you know just be scared to get lost that is a fear i have um but he owns a bike shop (laughs) so he can replace it (laughs) (laughs) that's what everybody thinks right title this episode (laughs) it must be free yeah if if you get to a little baggage claim at the airport and you're Bike doesn't no, show no, up. yeah, like, you got a problem. I mean, I'll, I'll sit there looking out the window of the airplane, like watching the baggage guys. Like, what you doing? What you doing? Good <laughs> thing they don't know what it's worth, right? Yeah, you I hope. hope. I hope. Yeah, I would never tell them, but uh, right. yeah, I don't mind flying with a bike. You know, you got to do a little extra logistics. You got to, you know, if you got a rental car, you got to get a van or an SUV. So there's a few little headaches, and dragging a bike through an airport sucks, but. Yeah. What about when you, where did you go down there? Like you said, you, you've been to a couple spots in South and Central America. Um, I went to Costa Rica uh, about five years ago. And then uh, I went to Guatemala twice about wow. five years ago. And then back in March, I've got a friend who's from there and his parents still live there. So he's very enthusiastic about, he rides mountain bikes. He lives here in town and, uh, I've gone there twice with him, and what is that? Is it totally different? I mean, is it different? Oh, yeah, yeah. What is the vibe there? It's, it's real rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> Guatemala, the part we're in, is kind of the high country, so it's kind of like high deserts, very dusty, um, very rural, third world. Like wow. you see some pretty, you see some pretty intense stuff. Costa Rica is kind of jungly rainforest. Uh, you don't see really any third world stuff there. It's a bunch of expats and it's nice over there. I, yeah. I had my honeymoon there. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool place. Do you ever stop and like pick a coffee bean and just uh uh <laughs> that wasn't part of the self guided tour. <laughs> so my friend, his family owns a coffee farm there. Oh no joke. So yeah. Um so yeah, I've I've actually stayed a few nights in a coffee farm and I have eaten some of those beans, but uh, most things I see on the side of the road in a third world country, I'm not going to do. <laughs> also a perfect quote. <laughs> yeah. My God, we're slamming them in. Um, I just found it fascinating because the, the whole idea, like I've done a lot of world travel and, and the whole idea, it stresses me out because I got my camera gear if it's doing that yeah. kind of work. But I'm, I'm going down there and I get stressed and all that stuff. I can only fathom. Like my bike, this this something that I've I've put years into getting mm-hmm. where I want it, and or not maybe maybe a year, but whatever. I've been building on it. I just it makes me nervous. But then I at the same time, to your point, I wouldn't want to go down there without it. Like I wouldn't want to go into a space that was totally foreign to me with without, different language. Yeah, with like I some want something. Rented, from, I want something know. familiar. Yeah. You want to know that you worked on the bike? Yeah, yeah, you know, fair you, enough. You want I don't everything want everything dialed in. No offense, Santiago, but I'd like to just jump on my own bike. I know what I mess up. One hundred percent. Yeah. So it's yeah. I like to bring my own stuff. But so the the thing that really opened up a conversation is we had, we were just being candid about. It. We're at Dale's birthday. We see Joseph. We start talking, and then like the little whispers flowing around is that you finished and make sure I get it right. The TNGA is that right? Mm-hmm. That it was like oh he he just finished TNGA and like that's a whole like level of uh, cultish status. Well, that, I mean. 
let's just be honest. People whispered, but I'm like, hey, he just finished TNGA. We have a <laughs> podcast. Right. Yeah, you got to come on. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> Everybody recruiting. at the house knows that I have. we have a podcast, right. but we announced it anyway. Yeah, well, of course. By we, I mean me. We kept the secret. <laughs> it's it's a hidden gem. <laughs> it's a hidden media gem. You should really lead with it more. Yeah. <laughs> I, should, I should walk in and be like, "Hi, the secret podcast. This yeah. business is twenty dollars. It's twenty dollars. But if you didn't know, I have a podcast. That's exactly uh, accurate. But yeah, so can you talk about that? Because so for them, I had to go back and look it up. I'm I'm more yeah. on the newer side of writing. I watched Ride to Extraordinary to learn. About oh, a couple years ago, it's a po- it's a documentary on uh, Amazon Prime. There we go. You can watch yeah. it. So there's, I think there's a good bit of people that may or may not know, and then we'll talk about the experience because it, it doesn't sound uh, pleasurable by any means. Um, the best part is when you finish, <laughs> and the rest of it's pretty miserable. Yeah. Well, okay. just tell them how how long is it? So the official distance is they claim three hundred and. 57 miles. Good God. We ended up with 370 because we uh, we had to go off course twice to go get food or drinks or whatever. So, How dare you? Well, <laughs> as long as you rejoin where you were, and if you end up with more miles, it's not really... <laughs> well, I'm just playing. you got to well, eat. <laughs> so the, the rule is, when it comes to resupply or whatever you do, it's, it's self-supported, so... Oh wow! You're on your own. I didn't realize that. But you can you can use anything that is commercially available. So any gas station, restaurant, hotel. There's not a lot on the course, but anything you see out there, you can use. So if there's like a Ritz Carlton, you could stop and have a spa day. I mean, there's not, <laughs> oh <my> but <laughs> but whatever's out there, like, you, you can't just have your you can't just have your mom show up at halfway and you know shuttle give all you? your friends sandwiches you right. know you, you got to deal with all your own stuff it's it's all on you but it's kind of the bite packing thing you're on your own you take care of yourself you you know i i had all most of my all my gear with me so and you're on a mountain bike there or were you on a gravel bike i was on a mountain bike okay so it's it's pretty rugged um did you have like a tent the whole like bike packing the, rig i yeah. did the hammock Oh, how did that work out? Because I, I was curious about that from a bikepacking perspective. It seems like it'd be less weight, obviously. It takes up less space. Um, Yeah, well, I'm sure there's like really crazy lightweight tents I'm not aware of. I didn't do a lot of research on tents. I already had hammocks, and I knew there were trees everywhere, so it was going to work out. Right. Um, except one night. I'll explain later. But, um, yeah, I just had a little Eno hammock and a ball, and then I had a bug net. And then I had a rain cover too, which I never used the rain cover, and it took up a lot of space in my bag. But it yeah, but if you good, didn't it have it, could have been a lifesaver if I no, needed I'm sure. it. Got lucky then. That's good. It rained, but never, never went like I was trying to sleep. Yeah, so not too big of a deal. So three hundred and seventy something miles, self sustained. What is that? I mean, how does that process work? You you start at a point. And then you just traveled all the way down, or or what is the situation to kind of get you through that? Space? So you start at Mulberry Gap, right? No, um, so Mulberry Gap has a service which is like a it make it solves a lot of logistical problems. It's a lifesaver. So uh, basically, we me and my friend Randy drove up to Mulberry Gap, stayed there the night. The next day, you know, you can park your car there. They'll load you all up in vans and trucks and trailers and. They'll haul you to Clayton, George, which is like the closest town to the start finish. And then 
what they'll do, they'll haul you there. They'll put you in a hotel the night before, and then they will pick you up at the end of the Alabama state line. And then it also passes within, I would say, less than a mile of Mulberry Gap. So you can go there, resupply. They're cooking food. They'll do laundry. They have cabins awesome. available and all that stuff. That's and crazy. Part of the package is, too, if you quit, they'll extract you. Now, that sounds like a whole... <laughs> Yeah, I want to. I want to do a whole series on the, how many people extract. Do you think? Oh, there's probably a lot. Over half. Bike what failure and everything, at. dude. Wow. Body failure, bike failure, just yeah, quit. There's. I saw all kinds of crazy quit out there. Um, but yeah, I mean they'll they'll extract you and all that stuff. So I mean, I found that to be a good thing. Right. I mean, if I didn't do that, it's I'd like have a security to... blanket almost, right? Like you know, you got somebody that will come get you. I mean, not I mean, that you. They're I mean, not going to be there in five minutes. Well, right, but no, but you might sit there for eight hours waiting on a van. Yeah, but you're still like, there's still that. Like sometimes when I mean, I did Skyway and it's only seventy miles, and at some points I'm like, where can a helicopter land to pick me up? Like I'm thinking about, I'm going to so, die here. So they do. You do have. Oh, you don't have to, but if you do the Grand Depart or whatever, you uh, rent a spot tracker. So the spot tracker is good because if you're doing, you know, you can see where everyone is on course, you know, family at home. can. I actually you. stalked you while you were doing it, by the way. Oh, it went very slow. <laughs> the first day I was like, maybe he broke something. No, I mean, I was, I was going, but it, it <laughs> won't move fast there. But the uh, people can watch the, you know, watch it unfold. It's loosely called a race, but you also have this little SOS button when it, you can hit it and like, the calories coming. Oh yeah, but yeah, you don't want to hit that. You're going to pay for it, <laughs> right. so you know. I don't know how much it costs, but I never want to find out. Was the lady sitting in the creek? Yeah. Was she really? Yeah, she was there. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't so know. I don't know that. There's part. a on ride to extraordinary. There's a lady that there's a creek that you have to cross, right? Like mm-hmm. you ride or walk across it, and there's a lady that sits in a lawn chair in the creek and like watches everybody go by. I got her on video. Do you really? Yeah. That's awesome. No joke. So it's like a legit. Yeah, like she, she was on the documentary. Lady. She's got to be an older lady. Yeah, she uh, she hangs out there by the river. It's probably the longest stream crossing, and uh, it's unsupported. But I've found through the route that people will do nice things and take care of people. So, you know, I've, I've met this first guy. Uh, if you watch that documentary, it's the Sasquatch guy. Mm-hmm. So I got to Dillard, Georgia, and he's got all this water there. It's like, man. I'm you can just give us water. He's <laughs> yeah. like, well, the rule is if I give it to everyone, oh, okay. then it's good. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So That's cool. That's wicked cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. There's like a pretty cool community around it. Um as far like I mean to be fair, what else do they have going on up there? <laughs> Meth. <laughs> Meth. <laughs> whatever cartel we shine. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, like one day we get to this uh country store and it's it's a pretty long stretch with no support. And I walk in like this country store and this lady goes, Joseph. I was like, what? what? Oh, no. Mom. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to do. Yeah, yeah, no. she, she looks at her computer. She goes, well, you should be Joseph. Cause I see your dots getting close. To her. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, okay. That's, 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 Jeez. that's For amazing second. that she's supporting you. That's no, that crazy. is awesome. So th- this, I, th- I think it was, even called Cherry Creek Country Store or something. No, it wasn't that. It was, it was a nice place, but they were running like overtime shifts and all this stuff for that. And then You're they had like me. this. 
shed in the back where it looks like they had like kind of farm implements and stuff like that and you know you could see where people had hung their hammocks up overnight and pitched tents and all that that's awesome unreal it was pretty cool you get in there she's like take all your time we'll just open a tab for you you can just grab all this stuff and you know they were making homemade biscuits there and it was awesome that is awesome. I mean, you're shred at that point. You're blasting through. You got to be blasting through calories like a like a mofo, right? Are you hungry all the time? Or um, so I mean, the beauty of it is, I like to eat. So you do this, you can eat as much as your heart desires, right? You know, I my guilty pleasure is like gas station hamburgers. <laughs> so you did the whole ride, uh, 370 something miles for some gas station hamburgers. Not really. I mean, what, one day we were going through <laughs> Dalton and Chick Fil A, and uh, you know, I walk in there looking all disheveled, like crazy person. <laughs> They're like, well, "What can I get you today, sir?" I was like, "Well, I'm gonna have seven chicken sandwiches. <laughs> I have a large Coke. I'll do the fries, do the mac, and all this." Um, but I basically calculated how much crap I could put in my jersey and in my bags. Jesus. So every time me and my friend would take a break, I would just down another chicken sandwich. So it's oh, like fantastic. Little, my little gift to myself. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, all right, so... Wait, I do that and I'm not racing. Is I that know. bad? Well, no, you do that with Uncrustables and Skittles. Skittles. Yeah. That's what I had in my, my pouch, in my, yeah. my pocket at Skyway. Just Skittles. So there might have been... That's how I found my way back. Drop Whatever I dropped. Yeah, he chased the rainbow Front all the way home. No, man, it was yeah. bad. Skittles were good. All right, so what is that process? I mean, so you're, you're, how many days did it take you to complete that? I mean, what's that? Uh... Me and my friend Randy, it took us five hours and 20, no, no, five days and 20 hours. <laughs> I was like, five hours? Yeah, they got the back to the future. Yeah. Flux capacitor. So f- five days, 20 hours. Yep. Uh, geez, that's, uh, I mean, you're you're putting down some pedals to make that work. You're doing the distance. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty steep, technical, rugged terrain. You're walking a lot. You know, you've got all your gear on your bike. It weighs 50 pounds, so you're you're not like crushing it out there right mm-hmm. so i mean anytime the pitch would get anywhere close to uphill a lot of times we would just automatically just dismount and start walking so just to conserve a little bit right yeah i mean you, you don't want to ever go into the, the red right. zone yeah you don't even really want to go in the yellow zone mm-hmm. like you want to kind of stay in the green or light green zone so yeah i never you never go crazy so then if if as you go through that five days you're packing in what you can. It's like a, a pretty aggressive bike track, a bike packing trip at that point. Um, the difference being, it's not on the same kind of bike packing. It's typically not that kind of terrain, right? Where I'm sure you can find it all over the place. Um, I'm not too deep in the bike packing world, so I don't. I'm aware of events out there, but this is kind of my first time I've ever done anything where I had to like sleep, right, by choice. Um, so. Yeah, it's what was the motivation to to go after that? Um so I've always liked endurance activities. And so, you know, I do one thing, you know, do a sixty mile thing, you do a hundred mile thing, then I do like a two hundred mile gravel race. And then I think probably the thing that triggered it, uh Jason Shear's Delta Epic yeah. gravel thing. So me and my friends did that a few years ago. You know, it's like 295 miles. And it became one of those questions like, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know something. <laughs> and uh, But I always thought, I knew people over the years had done TNGA. 
and I always thought they were just crazy and just I always thought they were just these weird kind of fringe people yeah. <laughs> I was like I'll never be one of those guys <laughs> here we, started, we are yeah. we, we started talking about it then my friend Randy's like you know uh you can register for it like next week I was like oh I don't know and I watched <laughs> the uh the thing on Amazon I was like screw that man these people look miserable you got people crying on camera and, and the dude to the single speed guy that went down and back <laughs> I mean, he did the whole 700 miles or yeah yeah and he he went all the way down all the way back on past single on single speed past Good. everybody gosh there's always someone crazier um i never thought i would be doing Psycho. like tnga next up the tour divide no That's never brutal. say no I've, i didn't say never i just said no <laughs> Because I said I'd never do this. Um, <laughs> Three years later, we'll be sitting back here. He'll have a big his ass beard. beard. Yeah, his beard yeah, will be this like little troll person. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, you never say never. But I never thought I'd be one of those people, and suddenly I find myself on the start line with a bunch of troll beard people. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm a fringe person now. And <laughs> Where do I go. get my card, guys? <laughs> do, is there a card for this? That's why the lady oh, yeah. didn't recognize you at the store. She was like. Well, he doesn't quite look like the rest of these trolls. He can adapt. <laughs> he can adapt. Joseph shaved the entire time just to rebel against the <laughs> the norm. I will not be a troll beard. <laughs> I am an adult. <laughs> How dare you? This is bicycle doesn't have training wheels. <laughs> uh, so, was there any points along the way though that would you hit the wall where you were just like, you know, totally fuck this, I'm out, like, I, and then you had to push yourself. I mean, because I think endurance stuff is. Obviously, this is crazy because it's it's mountain biking, and men, I mean it's not just the mental focus side. Like eventually, no, your your focus starts to wear down, things start to fall apart mentally. Your bike is. Did you have to make repairs? I mean, what all kind of you had what to are go to a mental space that most few people have ever been to. Yeah, I mean that's brutal. Um, not really. <laughs> oh, God, uh, well, that's you so are funny. a troll person. <laughs> no, I'll, ex- I'll, ex- I'll explain. <laughs> okay, so there's there's people that. You know, they start, they race it, they push through the night, they yeah, don't yeah. sleep. Uh, they hide little Debbie packets along the rail. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I, uh, me and my friend Randy were like, we're not here to race this thing. You know, we're not, I don't, I've done sleep deprivation in the past. It's not my thing. I don't right. like it. So he kind of planned out the stopping points. Oh, brilliant. And at oh, that's first awesome. I thought they were too conservative. I was like, we're, so, uh, dude, we can so ride more than fifty miles a day. To, back, to backtrack, I've got a l- few friends that have done it, and I've got, and most of them have at some point failed on their first attempt. Whoa. So, I would kind of ask them like, "Where'd you screw up?" They're like, "Well, I thought I could push the first day, just do this epic push, and just make it all the way to like Helen, Georgia, or something like that." And uh, so I was thinking like, "Well, if they all screwed up doing that." I'll just chill the first day and not ride halfway across the state. So my friend kind of planned it out, and I was like, man, you sure 55 miles the first day? Like, I feel like we could do 80. <laughs> right. And uh, he's like, well, I mean, we'll go to this place. We're there too early or whatever. We'll just keep going. I mean, we made it to, like, the whatever mile 55. I was done. <laughs> so we did we, – we wouldn't – we at the end, we kind of pushed it and rode in the night, but – you know, we would wake up, 
you know, 5.30 a.m., a little after 6, we'd be on the road. And then by about the time it got about sundown or so, we'd start toning it down. Um, the last two days, we pushed it uh, into the dark one day and then almost through the night another day. But we never – I had a pretty good attitude about it. Like, it's like, you know, just take baby steps. And I never had a point where I wanted to quit. I never had a really a mental breakdown. Never had, like – hallucinations or anything like that just kind of stay patient yeah the hallucination thing's crazy i watched a video on the tour to tour divide there was like guys fighting mailboxes and shit because they hadn't slept like they were just going crazy like they just jump off their bike and go crazy i appreciate the the pursuit but the outcome is completely internal yeah there's no external outcome for any of those riders at the end of the day they're not like finding something new it's been done so it's it's not even that I mean, I guess the only argument is there, the external outcome is if you beat somebody else's time. Like, if you yeah, set a world record, that's your only external outcome, right? It's really mostly just kind of self-satisfaction. Right. But, like, in our world, like, that's you're a badass for doing that. Oh, you shit, know? Like, yeah. That, like, to us, because we know what it takes to go 50 miles. Right. To go 350 is, like... A totally different space. Like, on single, more a lot of single, tra- it's mixed, right? It's a big mix of stuff. Uh, a lot of forest service roads. Which suck. They're worse than single track because of the big chunky bullshit rock. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some chunky single, a lot of chunky single track in there. You do a little bit of bushwhacking. You ride on paved roads. Um, but, I mean, there's, I mean, you go through uh, Snake Creek Gap near Dalton, Georgia. I mean, it's basically like a 30-plus mile rock garden. Good God. <laughs> So, it's, it's pretty, is the track, is the course marked or are you going by GPS? So there's no course markings. It's all self-navigated. Um, you have the option you can use Q sheets, uh, or you can use a GPX file, which I think I can't imagine anyone wanted to use Q sheets, but yeah, I uploaded to my Garmin and I had no problems navigating. I mean, the only screen I had on my Garmin the whole time was the navigation screen. I never looked at how fast I was going. Right. I'd occasionally look at the distance or time of day, but most of the time I was just staring at a little squiggly line following it around mm-hmm. the state. Cool. Yeah, it's brutal stuff. I mean, I, it goes one of those things like it's, it's seriously, it's a, obviously an accomplishment. You understand that. But like inside of our space and kind of like the, the knuckle turd space, that's like <laughs> hashtag goals nah. that I'll never do. Right. It's like not a. Well, I've been there brutal. too. You know, when I used to race mountain bikes, when I was doing like junior racing, uh, I used to th- like I'd talk to people that race what they had at the time called sport class. I was like, "Man, you ride your bike twenty miles? Like, how right. do you do it?" They're like, "Oh, it's not so bad. One day you'll be able to do it." I was like, "No, I don't think so, man." Right? And, <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> and here he is, three hundred seventy-five, three hundred seventy point five miles later, whatever Take it was. It a little too far. The gateway drug. What was the so? Is, was there anything along the way that was just like a, a, a holy shit moment or any kind of crazy? Yeah. Did you have any epiphanies? Yeah. I mean, that seems My like first holy shit moment came about five minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I realized like you're you start going up this climb, and uh, Garmin has a feature called Climb Pro. And uh, if you download like a GPX file, you know, you it tells you how long it, oh, it shows tells you, you how long it? your climb is. Oh, don't even, it, it no. tells you how long to go, the gradient. No. It also, it you also, got five more miles. Also, say you have like you're doing a big ride and has like four big climbs. We'll say like climb one of four. Mm-hmm. And I'm going up like this four mile climb. It goes 
climb one of 51. I'm like, oh, oh God. My God. God. Yeah. I think Skyway had 13, and I cried when I saw that. I was oh, like, 13? I mean, there were some seven-mile climbs. <laughs> yeah. And then there were some climbs. I'm like, why isn't this showing up here? We've been climbing for 30 <laughs> minutes. Didn't count. And then you do like a half-mile climb. We're like, why did this make it to make the cut? But I yeah. guess that's, that's That was a gimme to make you feel better about yourself. You know, finally I did like the 51 out of 51, and climbs just kept coming. <laughs> but there was there was one thing I heard one of the promoters say. He, You know, you're starting off, he goes, do yourself a favor and go ahead and quit. And I was like, ooh. And then uh, then wow. he goes, if you're riding and you're having the time of your life and the trail's awesome, you need to turn around because you're going the wrong way. <laughs> so, I mean, the whole, That's the awesome. whole course is just rugged. I right. mean, it's just... Yeah, there's 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 a few little fun spots here and there, but most of the time, you know, it's it's almost comical how miserable they they can make it. It's almost as comical as Katie's outside chasing a cat. I just she keep said, that's she, she's said, chasing I'm the cat go, back and I'm forth. I'm gonna go find window. a kitten. <laughs> I keep yeah, laughing. Yeah, there was a uh, cat that appeared behind the shop, and she is determined to. She's chasing it. She's crawling under the truck. She's probably mad because she can't come in and get a beer. She could come in and get a beer. She'll find the cat. <laughs> he doesn't care about her getting a beer. <laughs> she knows where to find it. So, what is it? So, out of the course of all your riding, is there anything in your in your? I mean, because that's insane to me. That's an insane situation. But is there anything else that, like, because you've seen a lot riding, and we talk about the stuff we've seen. We talk about our stupid shit, like a hobo on our trails, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I rode a Blakely once and passed a snake. I literally passed it. It was a poisonous snake. And then 12 yards ahead was a dude just hammering this girl in the bushes. I mean, he was going yeah. to town. I was With like, hey, bro, I saw a snake. snake right there. Be careful. And then I think he thought I was talking about him. Good for him. <laughs> but it was awkward. You know, it was awkward. Like, that's the minor yeah. shit. You've been, you've been to third world countries to ride. You've seen all the big places. We talked about you've been to Whistler. It's magical. You've been to Bentonville. It's magical. You've been all over the U.S. Is there stuff that stands out where you're like, yeah, there's, there's, I got these holy shit stories that you just pull out that you can, ju- you don't share them all, but maybe just no, pull like out one a of those party aces. story. Yeah. yeah, one of those, one of those stories. Um, like, oh, you guys jump doubles. You guys do cool turndowns in South Alabama. Check this shit out. You don't even know what out. a turndown is, guys. Let yeah, me tell you. Let me tell you. In South America, if I knew what a turndown was. I'd tell you if I'd seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't watch our YouTube channel, apparently. <laughs> You didn't tell me about it. You got a secret. <laughs> that YouTube was a plug channel. right there. Instead <laughs> of oh, ride the rebellion, secret podcast. It goes. The YouTube channel is the podcast. Basically, it's, just, it's all wrapped in now. Um, as far as crazy stuff I saw, I mean, you you know, you're in North Georgia. I mean, it's people. I mean, did you hear banjos like Deliverance style? I would do it just to play with people. So yeah. the, the, at the very tail end. It's about four in the morning, and me and Randy are, I mean, the the end's in sight. We're less than probably five miles from the finish, and I hear this guy playing guitar singing at the top of his lungs, and I'm just thinking, like, what in the hell? (laughs) So I look over to, to look at this guy in his yard playing guitar. This dude has a pet llama. And it turns its head and looks at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) And and I've hallucinated. I wasn't hallucinating, but I looked over and this llama stares at me and I was like, 
Well, I don't know if it's an alpaca. Like an alpaca is just like a redneck llama, right? I'm, <laughs> don't know. I'm pretty sure, but, but that's a great thing. With a long neck, stared at me. Right, and uh, that was not a human. It was not a human. I've hallucinated in before, so I, I know the sensation. It's never fun when it happens. It's always funny after. Um, you know, a lot of crazy homemade signs in people's yards and stuff like that. But like support signs, like support Joe Biden signs, I'm or sure, like. A lot of. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> F word Trump signs or yeah. F word probably well, not F word Trump. No. Probably F Biden signs. Yeah, they they got that going on. Did you in have North a Georgia. did you how many Confederate flags did you count? Not as many as you would think. Yeah, that's good. Maybe well, like, there's no place to buy them there. No, they just make them. <laughs> they sell them. Make no. them. <laughs> I don't really feel like I saw many Confederate. I mean, I know I saw a few, but I see them on my way to Chattanooga all the time. They're all through Tennessee. I'm sure I. S- I probably passed more than I realized, but yeah, it's you know, just I've, not on the top of your mind. I've bro. been riding the middle of the country for years. It's it's just a natural sight, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just part of it now. Yeah. You have anything? <laughs> the Confederate flag threw me off. I'm, I'm from the up. north. I mean, it's just a lost no, 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 flag no, to bull-loney. me. <laughs> your people in Ohio are the. That's where the Ku Klux Klan is based out of. Is Ohio? Listen. Well, no, <laughs> I think I told this I'm story. the country. The rednecks are everywhere. They are everywhere. My they, neighbor. They say they're all here. They are spread out in every state I've no, been to. No, when we were selling our house in Ohio, my neighbor had one hanging on his front porch, and I just went over, and I was like, dude, look, like, I'm trying to sell you the house. You guys aren't even the South. No, listen, I, this is that's what's funny. I was trying to sell the house, and I was like, pride, though, boy. I said, man, do you mind just taking it down? I'm trying to sell the house. Like, it's hard to market the house right. with that. Right. Like, we live in a nice, on a lake. five more. Like, on a nice lake. No, he goes, man, you know, Dale, it's not about the flag. It's about the history. I said, the history, Nick, you from here. Like, <laughs> from Ohio. The history is, we beat them in the Civil Freaking War. Like, what are you doing? He's like, that's about the history, Dale. I'm like, just take the damn flag down. He's like, fine. So like, you why see is, the sold like, flag or the sold sign? You can put it. Back that's what I said. I was like, I don't care what you do after I leave. Put up twenty. I don't care. Yeah, but <laughs> take it down. What do you? Uh, <laughs> Segway. Random story. <laughs> A hard cut. Hard cut. <laughs> I have this Ooh. button over. I can dissolve or I can hard cut. I'm gonna hard cut. Um, what do you think is like? So, as a shop owner, a guy that's ridden for a lot of years, you got a lot of riding experience. What do you think is the? What do you think is the biggest change? To mountain biking. Ooh. Threw me for a spin there. Um, that you've seen. It seems like when I first started, like, event-wise. I don't Anything oh, that stands out. anything. I mean, like you have a lot of event anything. experience, so that's yeah. a great point. Sure, go for it. I would just... I've seen a lot of change, but I would say event-wise, it seemed like back when I started, everybody was into, like, racing. Right. And it seemed like just kind of one day, kind of your cross-country races. But also, you know, we didn't have, you know, it's there weren't all the social media and all the cool stuff happening. But now it seems like there's so much cool multi-day stuff, adventure stuff. You know, I think everyone, a lot of people realize like, oh, we don't just want to pin on numbers and race all the time. Like, we want cool experiences and go to cool places. So... That's a change I've noticed. Maybe it's not something new, but just... But it might just be those dudes, like you said, that have progressed, like, oh, what's next? Like, yeah, we went fast. Seen, like, what's next? Some people never leave that Well, spot. no, right. Some people just race cross-country their whole life. Well, because it's easy for them to just... Not easy. Cross-country is not easy. Let's not get that twisted. Easy. But it's not... E- it's easy for them to just go for a weekend and bust it real quick and yeah. then be done, right? Hey, she found it. She didn't find the I'm cat. I'm solid. I got to drive. 
and I, I'm on keto, so. <laughs> we just said. I'll just, I'll just steal I'm his. trying. It's not about looks. It's about brain power. We got a little cameo from Katie. There it was. Hey, we did shout you out, though, because we said it's, it's as crazy as watching Katie chase the cat outside. Okay, y'all saw that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't see it. Camera didn't see it, but we may have seen it. We know what's happening. Yeah, that's okay, it. so it's currently under your truck. Okay, so I will not drive until we secure the cat. Yes, please do not. Yeah, of course. The cat must live. The cat must live. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. We ask that question a lot of times to senior riders, not age, <laughs> experience. And I and it's interesting. You're the first. The, the the idea that we've seen event shift, I think, also speaks to the culture because because the racing stuff is still there. It exists. Yeah. But it also looks like we were talking about it earlier, like just. The, the the degrees of change and we were talking about road bikes don't really change much maybe technology and the fabrication of the bike changes it doesn't seem like the shape of the bike changes all that much right yeah i mean we're not you, you hang out with a bunch of roadies we're not talking head tube angles and you yeah. know what like do you a, talk about what do roadies talk about god this is so tight <laughs> hey, you guys see tire? how swollen my taint is <laughs> yeah. i mean what are you talking about this is not a banana. Have you guys tried the new chamois butter? It's got a... <laughs> God. And I've, I've, you know, <laughs> I've been a... Don't alienate your audience. <laughs> like, we don't want to... Your customer they, base. They, yeah, your customer base. This. I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's true, too. Damn, damn, thanks. I've been around, you know, I've, I've been... I've been <laughs> Have a roadie, I met them yet? I've been a roadie geek. I've been around roadie geeks my whole life. When I get done with a ride and all these people want to talk about their watts and their FTPs oh, and all that crap, like... It's exhausting. Like, they'll be in the, you know... If you're listening, I know. But uh, <laughs> they'll be in the shop, you know, like, oh, we're going through this Strava segment at X number of watts and yada, yada, yada. And I just walk out of the door. Like, <laughs> I spent so many years listening to Watt Talk. Like, I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, that's a new podcast we should start Watt for roadies. Talk. Watt Talk. But all we do is talk about didn't. mountain bike stuff. No. We just made a minute. It's only one episode. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> It's a spinoff of it's the ride. It pops up one time. It's the three of us. It's Watt Talk. And we start real serious. We're like, hi, welcome to Watt Talk. <laughs> Where What's you up? Can- <laughs> What's up with that? Where you yeah. can spin your cranks. Oh, boy. <sighs> um, it's not, you know, road road riding for the most part is not technical. You just have the same conversations you would anywhere else. Right. Um, yeah, was, somebody at the crit race, not to interrupt, somebody at the crit race was saying that like mountain bikers tend to be good crit racers because they have the technical skill to make the corners and the power to like push in a lot of those areas if it's not super long anyway. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I did better in crits coming from a mountain bike background back when I used to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll every few years I'll do one locally, right? Like once every five years now. Um, I just don't have much interest in it anymore. But, yeah, mountain bikers make good road riders. Road riders typically don't make good mountain bikers. And you can not – no offense to road riders that come over and ride with you. You can spot them in, like, a few minutes on the trail. Like, they got the power. They can keep up with you. But all of a sudden, like, when shit gets hairy, they get hairy. So there's a guy that I ride with, Mr. Pickles. My buddy lives in Warren. And uh, Mr. Pickles is a roadie. And he's transitioned over, got himself a good bike, and he's transitioned over. But he struggles – and I can see the struggles he's going through are all road-based things he's used to on his road bike. He's just having a tough time moving him over. But hot damn, that dude's dedicated to getting it done. Like, he constantly goes out and rides because he's trying to break those habits. He refuses to ride his road bike anymore just because he feels like it's a hindrance because he can't wrap his brain around certain 
he's not getting off the bike or his it, it's technique or whatever it might be. Using your whole body, I mean, you know, road, I mean, you can do technical stuff, but you're not like moving your shoulder. You know, it's right. you're not doing any extreme movements or right. ducking under anything. And, you know, it's mostly paved surfaces that are, you know, you can take a, any car down. So, I mean, it's, you're not seeing anything crazy, but I don't know. I, I think you get a, the aerobic benefit from road, but mountain bike, I think you get it all. The only problem I have with mountain bike is just some of the stuff from road, which is the transition of doing like zone two stuff. It is, you can't do it on a mountain. I, I can't do it on a mountain bike unless I'm on a road. It's yeah, just, you have to ride your mountain bike on right. the road. And so I might as well be on a road bike. It'd be a little more comfortable with what I'm doing, at least for me. Um, yeah. and, and so I think that's a challenge. Is that something that you, I know you still ride that, but is that something you think, is that, is that something that, should zone two or that kind of training, do you think most mountain bikers should maybe consider that if they're not even just for endurance stuff, but just to make yourself a better rider? Is there advantages to that? Yeah. Just general base and fitness. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, people ask what I need to do to go faster. Like I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, just customers walk in the shop. I don't say like, Oh, go do this, go do that. I just tell them be consistent. Just ride, you know, as many days as you can. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do these long endurance rides. You don't need to do these interval rides. You don't need group group rides. Like as many times as you can, just ride, and eventually something will click. And then if you really want to really get into it, you know, you can you know do intervals, hire a coach, have real specific workouts. But I think most people just need to enjoy riding a bike, do it consistently, and it'll just kind of fall into place. Yeah, I don't think you need to like hire a coach right away and do all that stuff and get up. You don't need to wear heart rate and get a power meter. No. I mean, let's be honest though. Like we are like outliers in the cycling world. There's a lot of people that only ride on the weekends, right? Like yeah. mountain biking or road biking or cycling in general is traveling our, the world. Yeah, is our lives essentially. I right. mean, I'm I have nothing else to uh, do. I was about. To, I was really hoping you would say. I, I mean, I have a podcast. <laughs> I have a podcast. Yeah, I mean, but for the most really? part, like there's a. <laughs> did you know, did you know you there's a, <laughs> a youtube channel that's also the podcast <laughs> but there's only website <laughs> there's only like bottom of your screen a lot of people only you know they're weekend warriors right yeah. and they they want to come out to the group ride one day a week or whatever and we hear it a lot like oh man guys please don't wait for me and like no we're here to help you get better but you almost you have to look outside of like help yourself too right like some people don't they think oh i'm gonna buy a new better bike and it's gonna make me better what i find it to be i find it to be a hard point of of if they're if you're not putting in a little extra effort if you're not putting in a little extra gas or a little bit just a little bit of training yeah then if you're if you find yourself getting envious of other riders Mm -hmm. and other riding styles and abilities and trails if you're never pursuing that then all you're going to be is envious on a bike. I mean, you're just going to... Yeah, it's because he's got that yourself. new seat. That's why that's, he's fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean... Which is great for business. <laughs> he's That's what he could tell people. Well, I mean, you, could, you, you know, you can sell them the, the fancier bike and everything. They're going to go out the next week and they'll be like, oh, I'm still guy I was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you, you get out what you put in. So, you know, there's no magic diet or pill or special tire that's going to just make you a great rider. You just got to do it. Right simple as that i have the struggle of like if i don't ride after a certain amount of time now and there's all kinds of actual science studies that show that like the importance of exercise and all that stuff in general but if i don't get a certain amount of time in riding uh, i physically can feel uh, i feel like like a mental physical separation from that because riding is now such a part of my 
it's not just routine. It's just life element that I feel like I'm shedding something, like I'm, I'm missing mm-hmm. something that's that's crucial. My uh, Katie can tell you if I don't ride as much as I think I should or want to, just get it out of my system. Like I'm pretty miserable to live with. <laughs> I'm very irritable. Um, there's times she's like, just leave, go ride your bike. She's like, go go sleep in the hammock <laughs> that you've been prepping the ride for. <laughs> that's a net out. That's a pro. That's a pro to having uh, your significant other be. In that space, like yeah. actually ride with you. I and will not. She let gets my, it though, right? Like, she gets so. That's what I'm saying. Is there a con to that same situation though? That if your if your partner does ride, have you guys found a con for each other? This is not setting her up or you up, just in general. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I see it almost daily at the shop. You know, typically you got a spouse that loves to ride bikes, and what they'll do is they think, oh, if I get my wife into riding. <laughs> I'll get to ride twice as much. Right. Well, what if your wife starts riding and all she wants to do is go like at a snail's pace? Well, you're riding more, but you're now you got, you know, if you're used to riding like 18 miles an hour, then you got like this 11 mile an hour rider, you know, then you basically you doubled your bike budget. Right. <laughs> yeah. Going, you know, you're going whatever pace you're dictated, which the e-bikes have kind of helped out with that. But, you know, you're, I see it all the time, and you know, I I got lucky. I married somebody that already raced bikes, so mine came that way out of the box. So I didn't. You're like, I, I got to catch up. I didn't have to like. Uh, yeah, she's actually faster and stronger than me, but uh, I didn't have to like train or adapt or like most. I see most guys in here try to do. You know, I just went ahead and just married one that already did it, and that was a lot easier. Easy transition. So we've had a couple of life hacks in this episode. And one of those is if you're so uh, to young bug, bug, Nick, you're about to get married. Make sure she rides a bike. Otherwise, or, just no. or don't just come hang out. Yeah. And if she doesn't lay off it. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's what I did with my yeah. wife. I learned very quickly. She was like, well, I'll go ride with you. I was like, we're good. Like, I'll uh, I'll gladly take my old hardtail and, and lower the seat for you. And you can go pedal around the neighborhood all you want. But. There's no reason to go ride with me because you, you won't enjoy it, and I won't enjoy it either. And yeah. so it's just more – it's just easier. We've all done it. My my wife has a, a very nice bike, and we got her riding, and then the kids passed her, and they're making fun of her, and she's like, oh, this is stupid. But she'll go camp at the races and yeah, be the race support, too, whatever right? I need, and yeah. that's cool. That's actually is just as valuable. Yeah, I mean, it's – I don't want to force anyone into it, but no. I, I see people try to do it all the time, and I, I've seen very few success stories. <laughs> right. I think that's almost any. I think that's mostly, unfortunately, that's probably a male bias. Like, you know, I want to share that experience with, with my wife, but she doesn't really She doesn't really want to share mm-hmm. that experience, and I, it, it's fine. That's just the reality of the well, I find bikes just click or they don't. Right. Yeah. Like you That's can't it. just you can't just and fall usually in love if your bike something. clicks then you get real pissed because it's not a noise you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, God, this dad um, joke. Dad all right, joke is there any sh- Do you want a shameless plug anything? <laughs> said, nah. nah, hold on, I do want to take a piss. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> we're we're gonna kill it anyway, so I'll just you go pee. Yeah, I. Uh... Oh, I think we're plug. Okay, except for the toilet with pee. Um, <laughs> If you guys can't tell, this has been an absolute joy of a podcast. We had to take a pee break, Rogan style. Yeah, um, that's the first time we've done a pee break in that in that scenario. But we're actually at we're at it. we're at time, so we're good. No, it was good. 
This yeah. is good. Um, so we just kill it? No, we got to let him send it off. He, sent he didn't want to send it off. He's probably mentally prepping he's, for his next tour divide race. Yeah, he's going to go somewhere even crazier. Definitely going crazy. Ooh, I wonder if they would do like a do that same, do the TNGA, but now tandem. Him and oh, Katie. man. How brutal it that would be so awesome. I'd be rad. I would I would I would film it. I would follow them on a golf cart and film the entire thing. That would be awesome. Yeah, hell yeah, it would be Dude, awesome. Dude, why is this every time look, every time Freeze. we do a podcast? How does he know that? When we're doing podcasts. Well, put him on speakerphone. When we're doing podcasts. Put him podcast, up to the mic on speakerphone. Okay, okay, but tell him he's on the podcast. Hey, you are live on the podcast right now on speakerphone. Go. Go. Hurry. Oh, awesome. I was uh gonna call and let you guys know one we need to do that shoe giveaway and two i just dropped some stuff off from moving uh my house to goodwill and i popped in there for a second and i found a brand new bunt ranger riding helmet in my size yes look at you finding the deal hey aaron and legit baby Hey, in all legitimacy, if someone comes in there dressed up like a burrito, <laughs> you better listen to the podcast. <laughs> if someone comes dressed like a burrito, would you eat them? <laughs> no, you're going to have to eat them. I told them if they come in dressed up and wrapped in foil like a Chipotle burrito, they're getting a free pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, they're going to have people showing up. It's going to look like... like uh... Those people on the side of the road for Domino's and Little Caesars spinning the sign. <laughs> Why is hey, everybody? Tell, go- tell them they got to come dressed like a shoe. I want to see how that turns out. <laughs> okay, no, we'll you just it. did. Yeah, there we go. All right, I'll call you later. <laughs> well, he didn't say no. <laughs> he didn't say out. no. He didn't say no. Uh, all right. What about a goodbye? We got a goodbye. A goodbye. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, we're good. It's you did it. Bye. <laughs> okay. See, I told you he would be easy. he'd be very efficient. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening. I, I'm going to plug the shop just because I think it is good. It is the most relevant bike shop in our area. It's the realest bike shop in the area. The fact is, if you walk in here and you're uh, of of age, you are allowed to have an adult beverage of beer. If you're True. cool. If you're cool, which most of you are, if you're listening to this podcast, we have denied people. Yeah, they, they, you could get denied, but I mean, you got to be a real a hole to do that. Right, fair enough. They actually have good shit. They they know what their product is, and they're real riders. They're not casual riders, not just weekend riders. They don't just ride on, on one day off. They ride a lot, and they compete a lot. And I don't even know how their shop stays open, because sometimes <laughs> it sounds like they're both gone on trips. It's pretty amazing. So if you have a chance, come by and check them out. You can find them. Do you all do stuff online? Do you sell online or not 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 really your jam? Uh, Not currently. Yeah, then screw that. Just you got to come here to yeah, you have that get conversation. The full experience. Like at this point, you got to walk in. Buy the old fashioned hey, way. Yeah, it, the real trick is parking, <laughs> and they're going to judge you on it. You can. <laughs> most people park. There's a little grass patch where you can park. That's where I park. People I park trailers there. Yeah, I watch. It is a high have anxiety we even said parking the name? space. Other, I mean, it's on a shirt, but have we? Ever, I don't no, think we. I don't said think we said it. the name. We're just kind of saving it. Let's go for it. Go ahead. Well, you can ask the, the last closing question: Is what happened to the tri part? What happened to the tri part? <laughs> we uh, we found that people were making the assumption that we were only doing tri stuff, and we do everything. We do beach cruisers, mountain bikes, road bikes, hybrids, e bikes. You name it, we do it. So basically, once we got rid of that, base it 
kind of opened up new doors, which the try thing was great. I mean, we and were I do understand very that, much appealing to try, right. but we still do. But the try people probably get like, oh, they can get what they they're need. probably in the know. Yeah, we, also, know. we also had people coming in here like, well, where are your tricycles? I'm like, what? And they're like, well, it says try. I was like, <laughs> wow. You know, it's like it's 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 triathlon. They're like, what? I'm like, uh, it's like you swim, then you bike, then you run. They're like, no. So there's no there's no tricycles anywhere. I'm like, no, no. It's 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 the di- it's a different kind of try. And they're like, oh, I hate this place. Okay. Well, <laughs> do you want a beer? Yeah. Do you want a beer? <laughs> While you're here, you just <laughs> and then he sells them three bikes. <laughs> yeah. I'll sell you three bikes. <laughs> right. That's like having a tricycle. That's yeah. right. Um. All right, so then that's good. So if if it's easier just to come over here, what do you guys have odd hours? I know we close at six for this podcast. Is that normal? Yeah, we close at six all Tuesday through Friday, ten to six. Saturday, ten to three. Close Sunday and Monday. Brilliant. There it is. Awesome. Easy stuff. Yeah, I love Mondays. I get it. I think it's worth driving over. I I did not meet you until that party. I met Katie, and then we always talked about how much of a real store it was. We had, a, I came back to mobile and I was like, my God, there's a bike store and they had beer and they had a coffee machine. Well, no, like we've, we've said it multiple times and we one time made you guys a sponsor. Yeah, we did. We one unofficially made you a sponsor. Yeah. Oh man. That's how it always incredible works. Incredible amount of business. Like <laughs> I mean, you see my helicopter. Um, so as far as the beer, when, whenever we incorporated the business, the very first purchase we made was that kegerator. That is brilliant. And that kegerator has, is still going strong. That's awesome. Uh, it's always... Well, that's what I always say is like, a, we could order all of our parts offline, right? Yeah. We could yeah. do that all day long. Yeah. But oh, yeah. we want the experience of a bike shop to hang out with people like us that are like-minded. Like you want to go in and feel... I've been to bike shops where I felt like I didn't even own a bike. Like other cities, you know, like I went to unnamed yeah, places. It. Yeah. But I go in and like don't get they're like, Oh, you too. ride bikes? Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah, I don't a, like the judgment. It was very yeah, judgment free and then and then it was just a general conversation, I think, mm-hmm. is what's crucial. Well, what happened one 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 turning moment I was uh visiting a friend who worked in the shop and people were hanging out and his boss is like, What is this? Some kind of country club? And I'm thinking like well, I mean, that'd be pretty good for business if it was like a country <laughs> yeah. club where everyone just hung out and drank beer and uh, yeah. enjoyed themselves. And I was like, I'm going to go for the country club vibe. Hell yeah. yeah. No, you nailed it. It's great. It's good stuff. And there's part, I mean, again, it's, it's, and you guys are also mechanic wise, you guys we are have all the best certified. parking in downtown Fairhope, just so you know. <laughs> the only, right? Because everyone else is on the street, yeah, right? It, yeah. So, I mean, it's a two this car. is as good as a two-slot lot, But right? you can fit like 50. everyone else. <laughs> you can fit like 50 bikes out there. Go you downtown could. and go park. No, fair enough. We're kicking ass here. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. And if you if you get to be buddies with you guys, you could park here when you go to... What happens to Arts and Crafts Festival? How much does that ruin your situation? Arts and Crafts is not really good for us because people assume they can't park. And they assume the traffic's going to be too busy. And most people just try to use the bathroom all day. Mm. Yeah, I'll get people come in like, oh, I used to go to South Alabama back in the seventies with your uh, mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, can I park here? I'm like, no, <laughs> this is a business. Jeez. So like, you know, in, in Mardi Gras parades, Christmas parades, all the different Fair Hopey parades that we have, it's it's constantly just fighting to keep our bathrooms from being overrun and 
the parking. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But still the best parking. <laughs> it is technically you win. We'll give it to you that. All right. Uh, Katie, from afar, do you want to Katie, say anything as before we kill the wanna... show? <laughs> she just left. <laughs> Oh no! That's another episode. <laughs> Flip it. Oh yeah, there we go. There you go. Now you're on camera. Oh, go. Have mercy. Cheers. <laughs> it's, a, it's a secret podcast. Oh, sorry. It's a secret. They, Nobody knows about, about it. it. <laughs> God, no one knows. <laughs> He's never letting it go. Yeah, it's gonna live forever. It's a secret. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's coming closer. It's new, yeah. new pet day. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's already obsessed with the dog. I probably think it's his mama. All right. We're good? Yeah, we'll kill it. All right, with that, thank you guys for listening. And, uh, hey, thank stay you, Joseph, safe. for being on. Yeah, and thanks Appreciate for hanging out it. with yeah, us. Yeah, enjoyed it. Thanks for letting us set up in your shop. First yeah. remote podcast. Yeah. And thanks Crushed for the beers. It. This is history. Yeah. It's a secret podcast. It's a secret podcast. It's not secret anymore. <laughs> your business is about to explode. You're going to have a helicopter soon. <laughs> We get a landing pad on top of this thing. <laughs> That's right. We'll be over with our helicopter. We'll record the next one on my yacht. <laughs> Don't tease me. He, if anyone's going to find the Billionaire Bike Club, it's going to be him. It's going to be him. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thank you all for hanging out. As always, uh, stay safe. Peace.